Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, welcome, uh, welcome back, Northlanders. Hour number two, the afternoon edition here now on a Monday, Sound Off. And of course, the first hour, we had kind of a spirited discussion, lots of interest about the potential of this Namaji Trail Energy Center. Uh, the site, uh, I'll just, uh, before we move on to the next caller, I'll just reiterate, the site was selected because of the ex- existing energy infrastructure, including two interstate natural gas pipelines, an existing electronic interstate transmission line, and its proximity to existing industries like Enbridge and uh, Sonovas. So that's uh, that's why that was Port, why that particular location was picked, a portion of the property is already owned by Minnesota Power and would have to be rezoned. So now we're going to move along. We have some other callers uh, of interest on this uh, same topic. And we're going to go, first of all, to Tim from over in the Bayfield area, Wisconsin. Uh, Tim, welcome. Thank you for calling in this afternoon. What's, uh, what's your take on this whole thing? Well, I I thought about it when I first heard about it a, a week or two ago, you know, that he changed his mind on on whatever it is. And I, I wouldn't be surprised that the federal government has people watching all kinds of energy things around the United States. And they probably called him and said, hey, you better back off and not do this sort of thing or not, not approve it. And uh that's just my thought on it, that maybe he's been told to keep his mouth shut and get back. Well, you know, that kind of, uh, that that does kind of tie in with the administration's belief that they want to do away with anything that has to do with any, tar- any type of fossil fuel infrastructure. Uh, this administration has taken a stand that they want to go completely uh wind power solar power whatever so it, it there is that you know that's not too far off the beaten trail that kind of a thought process tim it's interesting you bring that up but they, somebody may have got them and said uh, look you're going against uh, what the administration would support so you're not going to find a lot of support from this uh yeah when people In- don't say anything. That's what makes you suspicious. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, you're right. Up, usually, usually, no matter what the situation is, uh, when people clam up like that, something up. Well, especially, Tim, when you've got a mayor that originally was was for the project and now is against it, but really won't come out and and say why. The only thing he said in this story this morning was he challenged the job numbers that the commission was putting out. Uh, that's really not a reason to be against it, but uh, but that's they, their stand, I guess. Yeah. Well, they, they're, they're, they're all, the government here is, is all the time, this administration, they're all the time. You, you can't believe a whole lot that's coming out of there. I mean, there's so much contradiction that, that I, you know, what's a person supposed to think other than that yeah. going on? That, well, thank you for your comments. Appreciate it. A good, good take on this. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's outside the realm at all, 
that uh, local administration in Superior could have gotten a call from somebody and said, you know, we're not going to you're not going to see a lot of support from the federal government here because this goes against our plan for uh, wind power and solar power or whatever. Anyway, folks, before we move on to another caller or a, or a different topic here, I do want to remind everybody, you know, sometimes uh, people forget that the end of life does come for everybody. And it can be an expensive project uh, if you're planning a huge funeral. Uh, but I want to let you know that uh, Twin Ports Cremation Services really understands how hard it is when a loved one passes away. And they want you to they want to ease the burden on families during this very difficult time. They offer the most affordable cremation service in the area at just $1450. They are locally owned and operated and the money you pay for services at Twin Ports Cremation Services goes back into the community. They also offer prepaid services to help you ease the burden on your loved ones. In other words, you can set up an account, pay for it over a period of time, so that when that finality to life happens, it's not a shock or a, or a, or a burden on you. Visit TwinPortsCremation.com or simply pick up the phone and dial them at 218 624 and they will help you set up an account and get that uh, cremation set up and paid for ahead of time. Twin Ports Cremation Services. Well, Kenny, I I got to tell you, uh, unless we uh, have another caller on this, uh, I I think we're going to let the community make some decisions on this. But it 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 appears, you know, I I think they've done the this thing right. You know, first the members of the. Northern Wisconsin Building and Construction Trades gathered Tuesday, January 16th, to urge the city to uh, officials to support the project. Then on Wednesday, the day after, <clears throat> January 17th, the Planning Commission held a nearly three-hour discussion about the project. And at that time, uh, public Commissioners and city councilors all had the opportunity to ask questions, weigh in on the proposal uh, after officials from Minnesota Power and Clean Wisconsin gave their presentation. So, after all, the plan commission will be the first to consider applications of the planning commission for zoning changes, street ver verification, or vacations needed to build the 625 megawatt natural gas-powered electricity-generating facility slated for construction on the banks of the Namadji River. So anyway, unless there are other uh, people that want to weigh in on it, we'll, uh, we'll move on to some other things. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the other things that we continue to keep talking about is uh, Hunter Biden's ongoing problems. And I, I don't want to get into this too much because I'll tell you what, this morning I pulled a study off that uh, was prepared uh, by a couple of different sources. <clears throat> it turns out there's been a lot of attention uh, turned on Hunter Biden now to what his connections have been in his dad's administration. And, <clears throat> you know, they... Joe has always said, boy, I, mean, I, knew that. I knew he was on the board. I didn't know what he was doing. And then it changed from that to, well, I knew, uh, you know, I had to contact. Well, now 
more and more digging is being done on the connections to Hunter Biden and uh, his dad's administration. And it turns out now, this report that I've just barely started to read, because I'll tell you what, this thing was, I had to copy it off on my printer this morning. It was like 20 pages long. And it uh, it connected Hunter Biden to over two dozen current and by and uh, former Biden officials, uh, and how they connected to so much of this. And I'll I'll just read you some names and what they're doing because I haven't had a chance to dig in or read in this too much. I don't know how many of you have ever heard the name Kate Bedingfield, but Kate Bedingfield she was uh, Kate, she is the White House communication director who departed the role last year, but is still a staunch defender of the Biden administration. Turns out there's a lot of connections between her and Hunter Biden and his firm, Rosemont Seneca. That was the first one that came out. Then there was John Nevergall. John Nevergall is a business executive who was tapped in 2022 to serve as a term on Biden's President Biden's advisory council doing business in Africa. Turns out that, again, Hunter Biden and his firm and his associate Sherwin, uh, who was then president of Rosemont Seneca, had made connections there to try to do business in Africa for oil and gas leases. And there's uh, more information about what what the connections were there. Then there's Michael Hockman. Michael Hockman, uh, a White House aide who has helped multiple, held multiple positions in the Biden administration, including White House Deputy Staff Secretary. And uh, uh, some, some of these stories there are all about the connections there <clears throat> and how the Biden family received more than a million dollars in payments from accounts related to Walker LLC and Chinese business ventures, and how these people, how Michael Hockman knew about it. Then, of course, you got John Kerry. Now, how many people remember the fact, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Kenny, but who's John Kerry's stepson? John Kerry's stepson. Uh, give um, Give it to us, Brad. Well, his name is Chris Hines. Oh, yeah. He's like the, the Ketchup yeah. Hines 57? The Ketchup Hines there Company. You go. Right. Well, it turns out that Chris Hines was a business partner of Hunter and Archer at the time, and he reportedly served, severed ties with the firm later on last year. But the connection there of Chris Hines and his dad, his stepdad, John Kerry, it it kind of goes like this. Less than six months before Hunter and his longtime business partner, Devin Archer, became board members at Burmisa Energy in the Ukraine, email correspondence showed a top aide to then-Secretary of State John Kerry, who announced this month that he was leaving the Biden administration. <clears throat> well, he wasn't leaving the Biden administration. He was leaving the position as energy czar, to take a position on the Biden campaign for re-election was telling some of his fellow State Department officials that Kerry 
and Hunter had a close friendship, and then Hunter asked Carey to seek his, to speak at his Georgetown University grad student on March 8th. Just spoke with, uh, one of the emails that they've discovered said, just spoke with Hunter Biden, good friends of S, who teaches a class at Georgetown, and then talks about the connections that Carrie's son, or stepson, Chris Hines, had with him. So that's, these are all connections that make it very hard for you to believe that there's nothing going on here selling access to the big guys, so to speak. Then there's uh, all the connections between Jack Sullivan, who is the national security advisor, and how him and Hunter had some connections. And I'll, I'll be... I'll be able to tell you more about these after I've read uh, more of the information. Jeff Zintz, Z-I-E-N-T-S, he was the uh, White House Chief of Staff, Jeff Zintz, who who led the federal COVID-19 pandemic response in 2021 and 22. He met Hunter multiple times in 2016 and talks about some of the connections there and what the uh, uh, what the connections were there. And then Ron Klein, former chief of staff, who also ran for president not too long ago. Klein reached out to Hunter to help raise money for a uh, vice president residence foundation and the connections that were made there. Then there's Annie Tomasani. Annie Tomasani, assistant to the president and the current director of Oval Office Operations, and some of the connections there. Anthony Blinken. Remember good old Anthony Blinken? Well, uh, Hunter had connections with him as well, and there's emails connecting them saying, hey, do you have a few moments next week where we can grab a cup of coffee? Uh, I've got some information for you. And, uh, of course, Anthony Blinken was the guy that uh, put together the group of people that signed off that said that Hunter Biden's laptop was not real and it was just a uh, a Russian spy connection. You know, Brad, this is all (laughs) adding up to one thing. And I think it's become... Well, yes, but more so, Brad. Hunter Biden is the most privileged person in the history of the United States of America. He is the most protected person in the history of the United States of America. He's as phony as phony gets. Brad, uh, uh, his artwork has become a front (laughs) for him to cover. This is really astonishing what is taking place in this Biden administration, let alone the Biden family. You know, Kenny, you hit it right on the head. The most protected, the most silver-spooned individual. You know, we've heard about parents that protect their kids and they're kind of, you know, always there for them and make sure they don't get in any trouble. But the connections that Hunter has had to people of position and people of influence over the years just makes you kind of go, wow. For example... We talked about it last week. Who in their right mind knows of anybody that was such close friends with a with an attorney 
that you could get that attorney to give you a $2 million loan without any uh, connections, without having any uh, collateral, and, uh, and, and that would then make the statement a couple of months later, like, he, like this guy, and I forget his name, the guy that appeared with him at the hearing in, at Capitol, that would say, well, there's nothing illegal about giving people, giving somebody money to help them out of a tough spot. No, because you knew that Hunter's connected enough that he has access to be able to get you what you need. So you're absolutely right, Kenny. When you go through these list of people and their connections and how they connected to Hunter Biden, not only Hunter Biden, but to his daddy, the big guy, and and how those connections all intertwined with each other over a period of time, it's it's not amazing. It's, it's not questionable. His yeah. life has been a lie, Brad. And and I'm sorry, oh. his adult life has been a lie. Because if yeah. you read the story about Hunter Biden and when he was in the Navy, you know, he was a U.S. Navy reservist. Yes. And when he was 43 years old, uh, what goes on here? I, I just want to read this, Brad, because I think this is important. There was uh, a, a urine sample taken on the first weekend of reserve duty. Uh, a few weeks later, detected cocaine in his system. Exactly. He was discharged in February of 2014. But, Brad, he doesn't take responsibility for it. He doesn't say, I was wrong, and yes, I used cocaine. Instead, he said, well, uh, I had accepted some cigarettes from some other people, and they must have been (laughs) laced with cocaine. I didn't know anything about it. And yet now we find out through the laptop that finally is being uh, looked at as being authentic, even though a lot of us knew it was from the get-go, that he was a crack-addicted guy. So he oh, lied yeah. after being discharged from the Navy that is, somebody gave me a cigarette. It must have been uh, uh, laced with cocaine because I didn't use cocaine. How dare you? He's the most privileged person in the history of the United States. And what did we find out last week, Kenny, that they, that they have found in his gun pouch? Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine was found this... in the White House, Brad. We never were told whose it was. But you know what? Exactly. The FBI, the CIA, they got pretty good staff. They got pretty good I technology. They know. They yeah. know exactly who it was. They might even have some video and still shots. <clears throat> we'll leave it at that, but... And has this guy ever really worked a legitimate job in his life? Brad, how dare you say that? He went to law school. He was a hedge fund guy. He was a private equity fund investor. He worked for a bank. And his dad happens to be the that last. <laughs> his dad happens to be the president who is yeah. the big guy. You and you know, a hunter's on record. Talking to uh, whomever it was. Was it the Chinese or the Ukrainians? Uh, my dad's yeah. here. I'm sitting next to the big guy. Exactly. I mean. Do you, do you want me to put him on the phone? you, you got to come up with this money right now or else there's going to be, you know, what to pay. Hunter Biden is corrupt. And in turn, the Biden family, there's there's corruption there that extends so deep and so far. And you can say what you want, but look at the details. I mean, there's overwhelming evidence. And and the the amazing thing, Kenny, he doesn't even try to deny it. When somebody says, 
you were laying around in the Hollywood Hills in in very expensive hotels for months and months and months, smoking dope, uh, having prostitutes brought in. Well, it was a tough time in my life. I was uh, struggling with some things, and I mean, addiction is a hard thing to break. Yeah, it is, especially when well, you're liking it and loving it. Yeah, and you've been coddled the majority of your life because your dad has been a senator since who knows when. We can't even th- remember that far back. It, it's it, it's a shame, and maybe a lot of this Brad is is not his doing entirely because he's had this. Uh, um, privilege bestowed yeah. upon him privilege well anyway listen we're running late here we got to get our first uh our first break out of the way we haven't even done our first break yet let's do that and then we'll come back with more kdal time is twelve thirty-five, twenty-five in canal park at the army corps of engineers 25 degrees winds are real light brad southwest maybe two miles an hour so that's a good thing we are overcast brad on the phone we do have justin from AirServe. Wonderful. Well, happy Monday uh, afternoon to you, Justin. How are things? Are you busy today? Commandant, I am doing well. Happy Monday to you. And yes, I am busy traveling up to Mulberry Street in Duluth Heights for a 1 p.m. appointment. And we're going to be chatting about a mini split for that customer's house. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you know, I've I've learned stuff from you almost every time when you're talking um, it, it's just uh, some of the things are amazing that we don't even take for granted about our heating systems until it's maybe too late. But uh, but the one good thing about that that AirServe provides is not only service for your own customers, but you provide service for other people. If uh, if somebody's got a furnace in their home and uh, they've had some trouble with it. Uh, they can call you even though you may not have put it in, and, and you'll provide them service. That's that's very reasonable, I think. Well, perhaps you and your listeners would like to learn about something else that we haven't talked before. I'm going to put something on your list of things not to buy in 2024, and that thing would be a home warranty. Yes, I have seen those commercials where the uh, guy turns on his water and he's spraying yep. water all over the place. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I-, I will tell you how a lot of those companies work. They're very poorly regulated. They're very good at taking your money. But when it comes time for you to ask them for their money, they get awfully stingy and crabby about it. I'll give you a scenario, Brad. So we had a customer okay. that had a home warranty the other day, and that home warranty was covering an aging forced air heating appliance that they had. And the the key with those home warranties, Brad, is the fine print. You're going to pay a deductible of some kind. It's just not going to be free because you're paying a premium every month. And then if you look at the fine print of a lot of those companies, they say that they will replace your existing system, but it cannot be an improvement over what it is that you have. In other words, it can't be any different. It has to be as close to the original as possible. Well, my goodness, Brad, 28 years old, we don't have anything on the market right now that's even close to how something operated 28 years ago. That's not even possible. So I go downstairs and I look at that 100,000 BTU furnace that's way too big for the house. It's a single stage, meaning that it's on or off. It has a PSC motor in it to drive the fan, which was outlawed in the state of Minnesota three years ago. And then the home warranty company tells me, the contractor, the only thing that I can do right by with the customer is to give them exactly what it is that they got. Well, that's the exact thing I don't want them to have now that we're in there replacing that system. So I just want you and your listeners, little buyer beware on those home warranties. Look into those things. I'm actually a bigger fan 
of some of the appliance riders or other things that you can put on your homeowner's insurance policy with a good legitimate company like a farmer's or a state farm, something along those lines. But that 800 sure. number stuff that you see on TV, just avoid that. I mean, where would you dig up a, a heating unit to replace something that's 28 years old? Yeah, yeah, they don't want you making any improvements on what you have, that's for sure. So then what they do is when we come back to them and say, you know what, I can't do a like-for-like replacement on this. Well, then then what they do is they sign a value to your existing system, and the value that they assign to it in dollars is not enough to cover the cost of the new one when the customer was thinking they're paying this premium every month because they're going to be 100% covered, and and they're really not. So buyer beware on those home warranties. People want to know, how do we get a hold of AirServe? How do we get you to come out to the house and talk about maybe just that kind of a situation where we got a heating system that's uh, 28 years old and probably limping along on its last days? How do we get you to come out and talk about a good, genuine replacement that will hold up and that isn't going to cost us an arm and a leg? Uh well, Brad, the best coworkers in the world can be reached at 218-879-SERV, S-E-R-V. And we've got a great website with lots of information that's available 24-7, airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, Kenny, we uh, we haven't done our CBS News. We're really running We late. did, actually. We, 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 oh, we, we did. merged it okay. together in that last break. And real quickly, oh, Brad. God. Last Yeah, last week we were talking about that big basketball game that uh, took place Saturday in St. Louis Park, the uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin border battle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now this... What uh, happened? Well, you had the Cherry Tigers taking on the Solon Springs Eagles, two of the top teams in this region in smaller schools. And Brad, senior guard Isaac Asuma's 19 points led... A cherry passed Solon Springs ninety yeah. to seventy one. Love it. So the Love Cherry it. Tigers beat the Solon Springs Eagles, and Solon Springs got twenty four points from their big guy, senior Isaiah Castern. Uh, so a good battle, a good matchup, and the boys from Minnesota Cherry win the game. Come on! Now assume is Asuma, I believe, has a brother that's on the team that does quite well too, but not you know. Yeah, there's Noah, Asuma. Are they brothers? I believe so, yes. Okay. And uh, they got a good basketball team up there in Cherry. Oh, they got a great... Hey, tell me me what you know about this girl from Marshall High School. Oh, I thought you were going to say... That has just scored 1,000 points. I, I don't know, Brad. I saw the headline, and that's pretty remarkable. Isn't it? Considering she's an eighth grader? Oh, come on. No, I'm come not on. kidding you. Come on, that I didn't catch. <laughs> what? Yes. How long she been playing I, I basketball? Was, I don't know. But uh, when I was listening to Siski this morning, and uh, he brought, brought us up to date on her and said she's just gone over 1,000 points, which is remarkable of itself, but especially that she, since she's an eighth grader on the varsity basketball team. Well, let's see what my fingers can find out here. And uh, I don't see it. This is at Marshall, huh? Yeah, Marshall High um, School. Well, I, I don't have anything here. Uh, uh, 
Well, I'll tell you what. I'll You're let talking you, uh, girls basketball or boys? Yeah, girl, girls basketball. Okay, and well. I, don't ask me her name. I, I'm not sure. Okay, well, there's a story here that's going to be on our online local newspaper, but you can't read yeah. it because you know how they operate. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't even deal with the News Tribune online anymore. I'm sorry. I know. It's, it's sad. It, and you would think the News no, Tribune I, would allow local media outlets to have access why, why you would, would they think? Why would they not want access to what they're exactly uh, reporting? You know, and they could very simply, Kenny, just have a, a disclaimer that said, "You have the right to use any story in our publication as long as you give us credit for it." Well, yeah, and that's, that's all it would take. Well, yeah, I'm going to give somebody credit right now for a letter to the editor. This is a relatively short letter from a guy named Wayne Anderson from Superior. And it talks about why would you be supporting Donald Trump? And his newsletter, and we've heard these same stories numerous times from some of our callers, but it makes it very precise. Supporting Donald Trump is a no-brainer by Wayne Anderson. The News Tribune, January 10th, Our View Editorial. Stauber's unwavering support for Trump continues to disturb. Suggested supporters of former Donald Trump have an unwillingness to think and act independently. Here are some independent thoughts. During the Trump years, we enjoyed a strong economy, low inflation, low unemployment, energy independence, a strong military, Reduced regulations, reduced taxes, doubling the standard deduction, and strong private business investment. Trump was a good friend to Israel. They named a road after him. World leaders respected him. Tyrants feared him. Putting America first, Trump is a barrier to no to one world government and a threat to self-serving affluence peddlers. Now, think some more. What have Democrats brought to the table? Let's start with gender confusion, open borders, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, government dependency, race-based discrimination, race-baiting, infanticide, ballot harvesting, demoralized police, unenforced shoplifting, unelected, unwanted electric vehicles, climate crisis methodology, Teachers' union monopolies, a weakened military, and a chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. No friend of African Americans, Democrats incentivized black fathers to abandon their families. Now African Americans are abandoning the Democratic Party. Democrats brought us the polarization of the justice system, brought questionable crime charges, carried out early morning FBI raids of Trump supporters' homes, and Democrats gave us a seemingly feeble-minded, self-serving president with a Keystone Cops administration who has earned and deserved no respect. Why does Congressman Stauber support Trump? Just think. That's the letter from uh, Wayne Anderson. But pretty much lays out what we have heard from so many people. All you got to do is think about what the world was like under the Trump administration, and I think that's why he is continuing to see this kind of support uh, that he is that he is uh, receiving 
right now in this run for the presidency, no matter how many roadblocks and lawsuits they throw in front of them. Oh, by the way, I, I know we got to go to to our uh, Minnesota news, but let me read again out of another story this morning on uh, Trump's uh, case in New York. Uh, access tape. It's a story out of New York, and it was uh, about the trial that's going on with this uh, uh, woman who, Carol, who has accused him. Well, she accused him of rape, but again, this story says again what I told you last week. The, the jury is considering considering whether Trump owes more to Carol than the $5 million awarded to her last spring by another jury that concluded Trump sexually abused but did not rape Carol in the dressing room of a luxury Manhattan department store. We'll talk about that when we come back after Minnesota News. KDAL time is 12.52, 21 above in Forbes, Minnesota. Now, Forbes is one of the uh, four cities that make up the uh, the uh, quad cities on the Iron Range. No, You've got no, no, Brad, no. Forbes, no, Zim, no. Cherry, and Le Leonidas. No? No. Jeez, no. let me think about this. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the quad cities on the Iron Range are Mountain Iron, Virginia, Eveleth, and Gilbert. And Gilbert. There you go. Now you got okay. her. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where Forbes comes into that picture, but they're not part of the Quad Cities. <laughs> now, you know what Forbes is uh, kind of popular, uh, famous for? Maybe not famous, but not too far from Forbes. As you drive through Forbes on Highway 7, you can see off in the distance, not that far away, uh, United Taconite. Big operation. Oh. Huge operation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, 23 up there? Highway 7. Oh, I'm sorry, the temperature. I thought you meant the yeah. Highway 23. No, 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 no. <laughs> 21 the above, 21 in Eveleth right now. Okay. Yep. Now, is am I hearing this right, that it's possible that within the next day or two, we in the Twin Ports area are going to hit the 40s? There's the chance is that, that some locations okay. might hit 40, but they're not forecasting that. They're forecasting the mid to upper 30s in some locations. Now, when I say upper 30s, for instance, 36 is the forecast highs for uh, Thursday in uh, Virginia, Minnesota. Thursday, 36. Uh, Wednesday, 35. Now, tomorrow, uh, a high on the Iron Range of 29, and I think we can expect a little more milder here in the Twin Ports, but nothing is saying 40 yet. Okay. Did you hear that somewhere? Yeah. Well, it was in the Minneapolis paper. They were well, talking well, yeah, about I, it, I, I, but, yeah. but, but they did say no. that it was less likely to get 40 yeah. up in the Twin Ports here. For instance. But let, you'll see it a lot around Minnesota. Yeah. Superior. Now, there is a chance of a wintry mix tomorrow in Superior with a high of 30. And then Wednesday, they're forecasting a high of 36. Superior, Wisconsin on Thursday, chance of rain or snow or both, 36 for the high. Friday, mostly cloudy and 36 in Superior. And they're saying 36 for Friday, 35 for Saturday, 37 for Sunday. 
So the mild air remains. I'm not seeing any low temperatures that stay above freezing, but okay. stay tuned. All right. Now, uh, let me, in the few minutes we have left in this hour, let me play a little devil's advocate. This columnist, this E.J. Carroll, or E. Jean Carroll, um, as, I, as I say, the jury has considered whether Trump owes more to her than the $5 million awarded to her last spring by another jury that concluded Trump sexually abused but did not rape Carol in the dressing room of a luxury Manhattan department store in the spring of 1996 and then defamed her in October 22nd or in October of 2022. Is it possible? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Is it possible that this E. Jean Carroll was not doing very well, and when she saw one of the richest men in New York, Donald Trump, running for president, she decided to write a book and accuse him of, you know, sticking his tongue down her throat or groping her or something. And uh, because even she says there's really no proof that he raped her. Um, But the state of New York can say to a wealthy individual that has been accused of this, you, uh, you, you owe her $5 million. See, there's no difference there in my estimation than, uh, than a Trump-hating uh, attorney, attorney general, that says, you know what, I think Trump uh, overestimated, undervalued, overvalued whatever his properties and we need to find him guilty of $30 million of fraud. We're going to take $30, $40 million worth of properties away from him simply because we think he did that. Who's the, who's the hurt party in this one there, Attorney General? Who, who brought the lawsuit that said, hey, our bank loaned him money and we lost money on it because he overvalued it? They haven't, nobody has come forward and said that yet. So I guess my question is, is it possible that Gene Carroll just had a, a, a dream one night that this all happened to her? And now she's coming forward because the $5 million she was awarded evidently isn't enough. Because Donald Trump keeps saying, his attorney says in this letter this morning or in this story this morning, that Donald Trump is going to come forward in this case and say, Again, that he never attacked Carol and doesn't know her, and he's going to say it a thousand times. And nobody has been able to come forward and say, you know what? I know that he knows this Carol. I've seen her with him. I, I, they were together. I, I, I saw this. No, there's one picture that was brought forward of her and her husband at that time and Donald Trump and his wife at that time taking a picture together at an event. But that's it. I think there might be a lot to do with nothing here. Not sure. Anyway, we'll be back with more shortly, right after the news break. 